Hello, and welcome back to the Wishing You All podcast, where we help you navigate your wellness journey each and every week. I'm Amy Albero. And I'm Catherine Van Eyck. We are both licensed therapists. And today we are talking about herbalism. What is that? Well, you'll find out. And we have a returning guest, one of Revive's own, Elizabeth DiDonato. Elizabeth is Revive's resident dietitian with a holistic approach, which, of course, we are all about. And you'll find out more about Elizabeth and about her knowledge of herbs, the ones we know about, maybe the ones we don't, the buzzy ones. Why Why are we even doing this? <laughs> you'll find out. Uh, but seriously, this is a really great episode um, all about the benefits that you, me, everybody can get from taking certain herbs and incorporating certain herbs into your diet. So excited. Yes. So excited. Living, living, full and well, 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 life is put together. Authentic. We feel it. Take care, Take care of, of ourselves. ourselves. So we are so excited to have Elizabeth DiDonato back with us today. She's going to be talking with us all about herbs, as, as Catherine just told us. And so, you know, Elizabeth, one thing that we would love to do. Um, we love to check in at the top of our episode. We've shifted things around since you've last been here because it's really important for us to like take take a temperature check, take a take a pulse check on how we're doing so that we can adjust and give ourselves what we need before going forward. So we're gonna we're gonna check in about self-care. So how are you? How has self-care been? What's it looking like for you these days? What a loaded question. Sorry. Self-care no, no, no. Like in the best way. Self-care has been great. Lots of moving parts for me personally, professionally, everything, but so far so good. I am loving this current weather. It was really hot for a while, but the last couple of days have just been nice and cool. It kind of feels refreshing and feels very fall-like, which I've been loving. But self-care has been good, honestly. I've really been prioritizing putting myself at the top of my list, my, the top of my to-do list. I don't want to go into kind of what we're going to go into, but um, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks and yeah, overall doing, doing good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you mind saying like, how, how are you prioritizing yourself? Like, what are you doing to prioritize yourself? So I've definitely been getting more into meditation lately. I really prioritize like starting my day with a meditation, which is something I've done in the past and it's made me feel incredible, but I definitely got off the wagon for a while and just kind of didn't prioritize that. And I noticed a difference between myself, like my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health and getting back on that, especially now that I'm working more full-time at home. It's helped so much with getting me more into a routine because I'm very much a routine person and I need that structure or else I could snooze and sit in bed all day. (laughs) So that's really, really helped me a lot with just grounding myself first thing in the morning and, um, and getting that meditation in. So that's been super helpful. And I definitely talk about that with clients all the time. You use like an app or or watch a video or like, what do you do? So lately I've been using, I don't know if you guys know Melissa Wood Health. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, her app and I use her whole program and I've been loving her meditations as well as Erica's meditations, like evolved by Erica. She's one of the instructors on the app and she has her own 
her own meditations, but she does the ones on the app too. And they're all Kundalini focused. And those are super powerful, very heavy on like breath work. So I've been going between Melissa's meditations and Erica's meditations on that app specifically. And yeah, I've been, I've been loving them so far and it's definitely affordable. Okay. Okay. Good. Good to know. I I mean, she's a great follow on Instagram. So didn't even think to, to explore her app. So that's, that's awesome. That's so good to know. And there's great workouts too, that you could do from home, like Pilates focus, yoga focus, just like strengthening that you really just need your body weight. And so it's really, really good for a low impact workout. Mm -hmm. So I've been loving that. I feel like I'm a spokesperson for her. <laughs> <laughs> She's not sponsoring this podcast. We promise. No, I, this is not, this is not paid. This is just me talking. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you're, you're putting yourself on the top of your to-do list. That's great. And also just as you're saying this, like a great reminder for me, like you yeah, have meditation, I've got to get back into like that as a routine too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed it could get lost a lot in the summertime because we're just kind of go, go, go when, you know, routines get a little bit messed up, but really, really getting back into that. I've noticed a huge shift. So highly recommend trying to get back to that. Yeah. Okay. Noted. (laughs) Catherine, what about, what about for you? What is, what has self-care been looking like for you? You know, I was so I was thinking about this today, knowing that we were recording, and I, I was thinking about how sporadic and random my self care has been recently, but like in a really good way, only because that's just how I can fit it in, and that's just how it's happening. Not and and like I'm being very conscious and intentional about it. It's just, oh, I can, you know, oh, this morning. You know, I actually didn't have time to go and do this strength training workout that I wanted to do, but I do have time to go for this quick walk and grab a coffee and walk back and then drive home. Like, and that's, that's what I'm going to do. And that's going to be really enjoyable for me and really fulfilling. So I've just been kind of embracing those kinds of things and really leaning into it and feeling okay with that as opposed to being rigid about it, which I can be. And that's mm-hmm. nice too, when that works, but that's not what's working right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Right. And also taking advantage of this time where like your time is a little bit more your own and there's like more flexibility than you might have, like say in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the selfishness. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but at the same time, of course, everything I'm doing, I'm like, this is good for baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a walk today because this is, I love this, but like, it's good for baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing my stretches because it feels good, but those hip and hip openers, that's, that's not for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So I guess like it's not entirely selfish self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be but, both. Yeah, self-care is not selfish anyway. So mm-hmm. yes. Good, good call. Good catch. <laughs> How about you, Amy? Yeah. So I like self-care is definitely a little funky. I'm coming back from 
a really like big trip. Um, and I was just telling Elizabeth and Catherine right before we recorded, like the trip was super like transformative in a lot of ways for me. Cause it like connected me to my body in, in ways that like, I haven't necessarily felt in a really long time. And I think a lot of it was related to like moving my body and challenging my body in, in, in really different and fun and creative ways, but also like being very in the moment. Like I was even talking about this with my therapist yesterday, like living without the pressure of expectations, like was such a big part of my um, trip and it was so freeing. And I felt like that also allowed me to like feel more connected to my body. So I'm like trying to like figure out as I'm like back at work and like back where there are a lot of expectations to kind of figure out how to balance them both. So that's like kind of like a meta self-care. And so like, I guess one thing I'm really wanting to work on is the concept of like having a flexible routine, like trying to like know that there are things that are helpful to me now that like I'm back home um, and trying to do those with some consistency, but also like just trying to like be more intuitive with those things, if that makes sense. Like still trying to like be here, be in the moment and like do what feels right, do what pleases me and not like what I should do, quote unquote. So again, like that's like, again, kind of a more meta idea that I'm kind of really focusing on. And along with that, you know, I, as, as listeners know, and Elizabeth, I know you know this, um, like I've been dealing with so many like gut um, issues for the last, like feels like forever, but, and one barrier to addressing them is like all of the travel that I'm doing. And so this, I have a chunk of time where my body is in the same place for like an extended period of time where I feel like I can really um, be more intuitive or be more grounded. Um, and I feel like that also is going to f- be a big part of my self-care as well. Like as, as I like get comfortable in this week and like through the next like several weeks. So long-winded answer and kind of like not very specific, but that's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about for self-care. I think that's so powerful. It's, it's so powerful to have that reconnection with yourself. And I know this is something that we've talked about before in like other podcast episodes, but it's such a, a, like I said, a powerful and transformative transformational thing when you can realize like, oh, wow, I actually am working with my body and like, there's so much there. And like, I can learn so much from just tuning in a little bit deeper and, and building on that intuition. So I'm so happy that you experienced that over your trip. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for like what it might um, open up for me or like how I might just like continue to, to learn, learn more about myself and my, my body um, like during this, during this season. So yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. It's a journey. journey. Yes. (laughs) You've had so many taps on your shoulder of like, Amy, you need to be doing this. This is good for you. This is this like this is what your body's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of those, but in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. And that's such mm-hmm. a nice more like it's it's good to have those reminders when like you're feeling like total shit, but <laughs> when you get the actual opposite effect of what happens when you do listen and what happened, like all of those benefits that you were getting. I mean, mm-hmm. 
that's that's so much more rewarding. Totally. It's it's so much more like m- motivating, I guess, um, as well yeah. than like me, like getting those taps and feeling so frustrated with myself, like, ah, again, like I'm still not listening to myself. And so it's nice to have like that. Oh, this is this is what it feels like when you like tune in. <laughs> so it feels it feels very encouraging. So I'll keep I'll keep you all posted. But Elizabeth, as you as you mentioned, you've been you've been with us before. We're so happy to have you back. You're definitely a, a most requested guest of ours. So we're happy to have you here. Um, but for people that haven't listened to those previous episodes, can you give our listeners a little refresher about kind of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you both again so much for inviting me back. When I got the email, I was super excited. I love talking to you guys. But my name is Elizabeth. I am a holistic registered dietitian and I work here at Revive. I use the food as medicine approach. So I'm very, very passionate about that and understanding how to heal your your body from within and using multiple different um, pathways to really heal and really understand yourself and um, how to get to the root cause of your symptoms that you're experiencing and how to really heal and um, overcome what you may think right now is debilitating and really can't go away. Um, And it's something that you chronically have to live with for the rest of your life because I can tell you that that's not always the case. And so a lot of my passion stems from my own healing journey and going to different practitioners and trying to figure out my own health, which like I just said to Amy before, it's a journey, it's never ending, um, but it is a beautiful journey. And it's something that is very, very eye-opening. So between my own healing process, my own healing journey, it's really opened my eyes to wanting to do this. And that's really um, kind of where the passion stems from of, of why I why I am doing what I'm doing. I'm learning as I go, which is what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are learning as you go. Um, And obviously, one of the topics that we wanted you to come back and talk about um, is just that, like what you're learning about and what you're learning about is herbalism. You're enrolled in the art of home herbalism at Time Herbal. Can you just, I mean, tell us about that? Like what, what, what is that for people that are unfamiliar with even what herbalism is and like how you can study it? What's, what is that? Yeah. So I've always been super passionate about the natural world and like, again, emphasizing the food as medicine approach and how we really truly have everything we need to heal at our fingertips. If we know where to look and we know how to look and where to get the information from. And so that has been something that I've definitely felt guided towards as long as I can remember, like majority of my life, um, love spending time outside, love, you know, looking into different plants and, you know, essences and tinctures and things like that. And I just started gravitating towards that way based on the way I was eating and just, you know, my really my college experience. So Time Herbal is actually located in Western Massachusetts, which is where I went to undergrad. I went to UMass Amherst. So a lot of what I focused on at UMass was just really being outside, being in the natural world, being like very present. Um, 
And that really sparked a lot of interest for me, which is kind of how I got here. Um, but I saw this at home course and I, I knew it was calling my name. So I decided to enroll myself and I will say, based on what I said before of being a structure person, taking an online course is not easy. And it definitely takes a lot of putting in your own structure um, and like really your own, I guess, guidelines when it comes to it. Because I could finish it whenever I want. I can take it whenever I want. Um, I can log on whenever I want. And that is something that is beautiful, but also scary, especially for someone who thrives off of structure. So that is uh, something I've been trying to work on myself. No one's perfect. And uh, so I really wanted to explore the art of herbal medicine, plant medicine, because of not only helping my clients and my patients, but also to help myself and my own healing process. So it's just kind of been this revolving door of, you know, me wanting to reach out and, and learn as much as I can about holistic medicine, holistic healing, food as medicine, and all of these different approaches that can really help you thrive and, and heal and evolve from within. Sounds amazing. I mean, even just uh, when you said we have everything we need to heal at our fingertips, I was like, wow, that is so, so powerful. And it sounds like in this course that you're taking, like you're like, again, like learning more about where to look um, or like how to how to use what you find. Um, what have you learned so far? What are what like, I guess that's such a broad question, but like what of what you've learned so far has been most exciting for you? to know? There's so much. It's like mind-blowing how much information there is on traditional herbalism. Like this is the first medicine that we can trace back, you know, in human evolution is using plants and flowers and essences and all of that to heal. You know, we didn't have Tylenol when we were gathering and hunting back when. So we needed to figure out how to heal that headache or heal that cough or heal that, you know, virus or bacterial infection or whatever it is from what we had, right? What was at our fingertips. And so we've gotten so lost and so pulled back from that, that I think going back and reconnecting with the natural world and reconnecting with this idea of using herbs has really brought that into perspective that like we really do we really do truly have all of these means to heal but how can i provide that from a clinical perspective but also from just like an at home like if you have a sore throat what can i take that you know really isn't going to one cost much and two like do anything else and maybe cause any other side effects, which we can talk about later on. But I do want to say one thing that um, has really resonated with me. And I want to read it because it's a quote from Time Herbal from the founder, Brittany. She's incredible. Um, but she has this one major concept that has just resonated with me so much. And I just want to read it. It's everything is sacred. The plants and trees, sky and moon, sun and rain, animals and birds, turbulence and stillness, peace and chaos, birth and death, you and me. This imbues the world with major 
And in these times, it offers a model of hope and possibility. In these times when the Western scientific paradigm has colonized the world, many of us, dare I say most of us, are living under the illusion that we are separate from the earth, each other, and all things, living and non-living. We are being called to heal this, to remake the worldview and transform the illusion of separation. Herbal medicine, healing, cooking, and self-care, rituals of all kinds have been a way to connect with our bodies, our spirituality, the earthly, the celestial, and inherent magic of the sacred, and the interconnection of all things. Reconnection to the sacred is our path back to ourselves, to our own healing, to each other, to ecological sustainability, and to social justice and liberation. And I just think that's so powerful and encompasses kind of, and well, that was end quote. I think that's so powerful and really encompasses kind of everything that I just mentioned before, but in a really great, like detailed visual representation of really getting back to the earth and getting back to you. I mean, it, it, first of all, yeah, it was, that was beautiful and, and super powerful. And it just goes to show exactly what you're saying. Like, we already know so much. I mean, maybe not me and Amy, and <laughs> but, <laughs> but like we as a society, as humans know so much and have known so much to be able to connect ourselves to nature, connect ourselves back to ourselves. And so much of modern society gets us like lost from that. And so I, yeah, this is such a cool way to reconnect to yourself and reconnect with nature, reconnect with the world and how, how truly connected everything really is. Exactly. And truthfully, one big thing that we kind of always circle back to in this course is that you're the expert when it comes to your health, not your practitioner, not your doctor in a white coat, like it's you. And we as a society have just been taught that we go and walk into a doctor's office and they tell us our diagnosis and they tell us what we have to take and we listen and, you know, they're the expert and we have to follow them. We have to listen to them. And yes, by all means, there's a time and a place for all of those things. However, at the end of the day, you, me, you know, we're all our own advocates and we are all our own experts when it comes to our own body and our own healing. And that's what this is emphasizing is like really getting back to you, really getting back to what makes you feel good and how we can, you know, understand that everything is connected and spending time outside and, you know, eating all the things that come from the earth and, you know, focusing on um, mind, body, soul, spirit, all those different things can really help with the healing process and help you not only heal from a sickness, but also prevent things from happening and really truly make you feel the best. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it sounds so like co- obvious, right? Like it sounds so common sense. And yet it feels like when, um, when, when kind of considering this path, um, like it's even like referred to maybe as alternative medicine or something like that. Right. Like it has like such a, like hippy dippy connotation um, around it. And like, it's almost thought of as like, this is the strange thing to do, like going to the doctor in the white coat with the prescription drug is like the 
the normal correct thing to do? Like, how do you like reconcile that disconnect or like, how do you understand that? It's something I work through all the time. I'm constantly getting asked between strangers, between, you know, people that follow me on social media, between my family, like friends, it's everywhere. And it's always, you know, why, why won't you take this medication? Why won't you do this? Why are you, you know, using ginger to heal your cough? Like, why are you doing all these things that are so out of the box, mm-hmm. out of the norm when just like you said, like, it's, it's kind of backwards to think of it like that. And really what I'm trying to do is reconnect with those old traditional ways of healing, but also bridge the gap between like traditional Eastern medicine and also Western medicine, because science has come so far and we wouldn't be where we are today without science and without these significant, like without the significant evolution um, of modern medicine. And so like for myself personally, I have type one diabetes. And so I wouldn't be here if I wasn't taking insulin, a synthetic insulin that was, you know, taken from whatever I wouldn't be here. And so I understand that there is a time and a place for these other modalities. However, I can still support myself through herbs, through healing, through all those alternative medicines to prevent anything from progressing and also to just make me physically feel good because with autoimmune conditions, it's, it attacks multiple different tissues in the body. And so it's not only one thing. So even though my autoimmune um, or my immune system attacked my pancreas doesn't necessarily mean that once I take the insulin, it's not going to go and attack something else. And that's why a lot of autoimmune conditions kind of roll over and you constantly get tested for, you know, every single autoimmune condition in the book, because that's what your body does is it tries to fight itself. And so what we're trying to do is like heal and support that baseline. So we don't have to continue to go on this sick pattern, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it it does. And kind of like going back to this, like backwards idea of, of certain ways that, that people may go about healing and, and, and trying to figure out what to do. I mean, even, even in thinking about like when I found out I got pregnant, there were certain teas that, that people say to stay away from when you're pregnant and that it, because like, how do I say this? Like, because that's more commonly advised then people will see that and say like, okay, well, like, of course, like, I'll just do what, you know, do, do what I'm told, do like how to do what you're saying, but like, there wouldn't be that truth to that if we don't if we didn't know about herbs and and how how powerful they can be um and how potent they are and um and i've talked about this on here before and and, and elizabeth i know i spoke to you about this but like i had this really bad pregnancy rash that part of the theory around it is that there's something going on with my liver and part of that healing was turning to dandelion root tea and like i'm just amazed by the the healing capacity i mean i'm bought in but like i'm (laughs) i'm also i'm just like so amazed by and can attest to the 
the the transformation that can happen just because of these things. And sometimes there's a well a well renowned understanding around uh, surrounding some of these things. And then there's like going back to like what Amy said. There's like the strange like oh really like if you just do that three times a day, that's gonna really make a difference between if you feel like you want to scratch yourself to death or not. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. And it, again, emphasizes the idea of like, back then when we didn't have all this science, when we didn't have all this medication, we had to figure out how to heal from what was at our fingertips. And that was what was found on earth. That was the plants. That was the animals. That was the sunshine. That was the dirt, the soil, like all of that. And even going back to soil, like our soil has become so um, removed from so many key bacteria, key pathogens, key probiotics, prebiotics, all that because of deforestation and agriculture and all that. We've just gotten so separated. We don't spend as much time outside as we once did. And that disconnects us from the earth. And so it's it's a combination of the disconnect between like physically being in an office space all the time and like staring at a computer screen and all of those things, but also the disconnect of like what society deems to be normal mm-hmm. and not woo woo or out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe a part of it is, cause I, I was thinking too, um, as you were talking, Catherine, like that, like with, with more of the what like Western medicine side of things, like it's it's not necessarily about healing. It might be about like helping, like re- like reducing the symptom, but not necessarily about like healing what's underneath. And and the healing takes longer. Like it is more of a process, and like potentially it's more work. Like I, I know Catherine, you you talked a little bit around like this some of the things that you were doing. Like it t- did take time and it took preparation and and effort and um in order to kind of like be healed like through the rash and i'm even thinking about some of my gut issues like it's i'm still working on it and like maybe if i had gone a different route they would have given me something to take to like ease some of the symptoms and like maybe i would have had like an immediate relief but i wouldn't have actually treated what was underneath like do you think that that's a piece of it too is like the maybe a lack of patience or a lack of, I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, all the time with clients that I work with, it's um, well, maybe not some of the clients that I personally work with, but um, most because they actually want to try to get to the root cause. But most of the time people that I come in contact with, it's like, like okay, I want to lose 10 pounds by this date. And that's all I really care about. Mm-hmm. And it's more so like, I need that immediate response or that immediate shift that immediate gratification that a lot of people look for. And you would get that from a medication. Um, you would get that from the Band-Aid approach. But when you take the Band-Aid approach away and you really try to get to that root cause, it took us some time to get to this place. So that means it's going to take us some time to get out of this place mm-hmm. and to really kind of reconnect with ourselves and and get all of the different functions in our body, all the different systems working together again, that holistic approach, everything's connected. Like everything has to work together. And when you put a Band-Aid over one thing, it's going to keep bleeding, but 
you know, it's, it's not going to fully heal from, you know, what, what might've caused the bleeding in the first place. Mm -hmm. So yes, 100%. It's definitely an instant gratification mindset when it comes to just healing in general, whether it's superficial, like physical weight loss or muscle tonage or whatever, or getting to your symptoms, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So with your, with your kind of growing knowledge and passion about, um, herbs, like how, how does this kind of factor into some of the work that you are doing with your clients? Like how does this show up in your work? Well, a lot of what I talk about is not just nutrition based. So I don't only talk about food. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when someone comes to me and they see my title, they ask for a meal plan or they ask for a specific diet plan or things like that. And that's just not really what I focus on. Absolutely. We talk about food and we talk about what food works best for you, but I believe that meal plans aren't sustainable. Um, and most people will follow them strictly for about two weeks or so and then fall off because a lot of people have a black and white way of thinking when it comes to food. So what I focus on again is like why I call myself a holistic dietitian, because I focus on all these different parameters of health and wellness. And one of those things includes getting to the root cause. So using herbs has been another avenue for me to go down and use with my clients when we're talking about the food as medicine approach and how the food we eat really informs everything, right? Informs the nutritional quality of the food, like where it's grown, how it's harvested, how it's prepared, how it's enjoyed, all those things. And like all of those different layers um, really inform our state of health and well-being. So when we think of food, it's really represent representative of what we ingest, what we absorb, what we let go of and all of that. And so food can be nutritious, but so can a hug, like the way a hug can nourish our, our body and, and all of that. Like there's just different ways to nourish ourselves rather than just what we think could nourish. And so again, it's just emphasizing that we can use all of these different parameters to learn a lot about ourselves, learn a lot about our symptoms and how we're feeling and then get to that root cause. So with, with clients, like we talk a lot about teas, we talk a lot about different um, things that we can add into our cooking. Like, you know, a lot of people will just have one vegetable specifically broccoli like broccoli is just a a big one that everybody loves um but like just stick to broccoli and just maybe season it with salt and pepper or whatever um but there's so many other things that we can add into our dishes and use as variety to enhance our microbiome enhance our gut and enhance that gut brain connection um all those different means of wellness Mm. Can you, can you name some of these kinds of herbs that people might commonly use in their cooking and some of the benefits of them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have basil, we have rosemary, we have sage, we have thyme, we have 
clover, we have cinnamon, we have fennel, ginger, like there's just all of these different things that are all considered herbs and all considered herbal medicines. Um, and so thinking of some of the ones that I just mentioned, fennel is a big one that I talk about all the time with my clients. And I also use it myself. Fennel is incredible for digest for digestion. So if you have a stomach ache, let's say you eat something and it's not sitting well, you have some fennel, whether it's fennel seed or like a fennel tea, um, or even eat something with fennel, that's really going to help promote digestion and give you that immediate sense of relief. Um, fennel is also an antimicrobial, so it helps with, you know, promoting any buildup, um, in your body and it's traditionally used to relieve cramps and stomach pain. So that's used from like the traditional Chinese medicine for fennel. And then basil is actually used a lot for GI issues as well. So similar to like the cramping, stomach pains, diarrhea, constipation, um, it supports different detox pathways. So again, emphasizing support with your liver, so on and so forth. So trying to cook with basil and I know basil is great this time of year. So trying to incorporate that is super healing as well. And the nice thing too about herbs is like, it's not just one thing it helps with. It can help with a variety of different things, but in your body, your body knows what it needs to prioritize most. So when I eat basil, I might need, you know, some, I don't know, digestive support when it comes to gas or constipation. Catherine, if you have it, you might want, like your body might emphasize detox support for supporting your liver. Amy, for you, it might be more so like microbiome balancing or immune support or whatever. Like it's just, it's going to be different for everybody, which is really cool when it comes to herbs and all the different properties that it can, it can do, it can help with. Great. So, I just made a nice little caprese salad last night. So <laughs> happy to know that that did something. Yes. yes. Um, I, I've like been living on fennel tea, like through my, through my journey and it's been so hot, like so helpful and um, it, it tastes pretty good too. So I've, I, I mean, a few podcasts back, I was talking about how I've like given up caffeine. And so I've replaced it with like a morning cup of like fennel tea and uh, dandelion root for me too, but for different things than what you were um, talking about, Catherine. So like what you're, what you're saying, Elizabeth makes, makes sense. Like it's so, it's like magic, right? Like that, like these herbs kind of like know what to do in your body, like depending on like what, what your needs are. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. It, it is that like first reaction to taking an herb of like, wow, this is magic. Like this is crazy. But then you think of it and you're like, this is just growing outside my house. <laughs> like it's, it's really not that magical. I mean, it is, but, um, it's really not that out of like out of the norm. Um, if we just reframe that mindset a little bit, but yes, fennel is amazing. I love fennel so much. I will say fennel tastes very similar. If you've never had fennel before, it tastes very similar to licorice. Yes. And a lot yeah, of people, I don't like it. That's why a lot of people don't like it. I will say, honestly, I did not love it at first, but I saw how much it helped me in the moment when I needed it. And now my brain associates that feeling of like comfort after having it. And now I actually like crave fennel tea and I love the taste of it. 
So that's the cool thing about her taste buds too, is that they're constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. So don't just shove something away just because you don't like it one time, try it again. And, and you'll see how your body kind of adjusts to it, especially if it feels good when it's Mm -hmm. ingested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can attest to that too. Acquired, acquired taste. And yeah, for me as well, like the benefits like outweighed the taste adjustment. So absolutely. Absolutely. It takes time, but it's worth Um, it. One thing I wanted to ask you about um, that you sort of alluded to before in terms of your work with clients is that like, I know that, as you said, you're not just working with clients on like the food that they eat, like you're, you're working with them, like also around like their lifestyle um, and ways that their lifestyle may impact like how they're feeling. And I don't know, maybe it just speaks to my algorithm, but like, I feel like in, in a, such a good way, like there's so much more out there around like being mindful of cortisol, um, our stress hormone and like how cortisol has an impact on how we, how we're feeling and uh, f- physically and emotionally and all of that stuff. And so can, can herbs support like things like you're like reducing our cortisol level as well? So cortisol is a stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, cortisol is really beneficial for the body. However, too much cortisol can cause a problem. Mm-hmm. So we have two hormones that kind of work synergistically together. It's cortisol and melatonin. And in the morning when you wake up, the way your body naturally wakes up is it has a little bit of a cortisol spike. And so that gets your body up based on like your circadian rhythm. So your 24 hour biological clock And so that cortisol is going to spike in the morning and then it will start to deplete throughout the day. And while that's going down, your melatonin is going to go up and melatonin supports your sleep and kind of relaxation and all that. So you get the melatonin boost at night and then you have that for the, for, um, for your sleep. And so those two work together. However, based on the way we live now, now, based on our society, we have gotten so far off from that natural circadian rhythm cycle of stress hormones that now we may get a lab, our labs done and our cortisol is through the roof and our melatonin is not non-existent or we have too much of it and we're just not sleeping. And we feel like we're burning the candle at both ends where we feel exhausted, but we can't fall asleep. And that's very much related to adrenal fatigue and something that I work on a lot with clients is understanding like how can we get our body out of fight or flight and into rest and digest. So really focusing on that autonomic nervous system um, and supporting our parasympathetic nervous system. And there's like different techniques that we can do to support that. We can do activities that reduce brain waves to more of the alpha state. So more of like it I believe it's 10 waves per second. And these are things like meditation, which is something that I've been trying to do more of, Um, being outside in nature. So really supporting that circadian rhythm. If you wake up in the morning, first thing you want to do is try to get like sunlight on your face to naturally wake up. Um, When the sun goes down, that's your time to like start to relax and, and, you know, calm down, walking, yoga, massages, things like that, stretching, et cetera. Those are all ways to just support that parasympathetic nervous system. Having a regular routine helps support that with, again, emphasizing that 24-hour clock. So like waking up, 
roughly around the same time every day, going to sleep roughly around the same time every day. And I know sometimes that's not always feasible for people. So usually I would give like a time range if you wake up between the hours of like seven to nine or seven to 10, um, things like that, like give yourself that structure time. And those are, those are kind of like the key things that I would do to support that parasympathetic nervous system. And then there's of course, different teas and, and tinctures and herbs that can support that too. Like lavender, which we love lavender essential oils. We know that that is incredible for stress support and just like calming the body, calming the adrenals, um, chamomile, which is great for sleep support too. And again, more of that, um, nervous system support. Passion flower is one of the greatest herbs for sleep support. So if you're having a hard time falling asleep, passion flower tea or passion flower tincture is definitely going to be a good one for you to look up. Um, skull, skull cap, et cetera. Wow. Mental list just made. <laughs> you can just rewind that later. <laughs> So what what about those more obscure herbs? Um, I mean, you kind of even just mentioned a couple and maybe fennel is obscure to some people too. But like, what about those ones that are like, people are talking about, but like, what even are they? Ashwagandha being one of them. We hear that a lot. <laughs> what, 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 what? Yeah, I even Ashwagandha. had a client literally say like, what the fuck is ashwagandha and should I be taking it? And I was like, I, I don't know. I'll ask Elizabeth. <laughs> ashwagandha has definitely become super popular in the media, probably within the last few years. And I truly believe it's because we're in such a state of chronic fight or flight that our body is desperately trying to seek out something that will help calm us the freak down. And that is ashwagandha. Um, plus, it's also a fun name. So I think that's why everyone's really interested in it. Um, but ashwagandha is an adaptogen. So adaptogen needing um, our body's natural way to adapt to stress. So when we have this adaptogen, our, it's, it's also a nervine. So nervines, adaptogens, um, immune modulating support, all of that is going to support that parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and it can help calm the body, soothe the body, um, address any imbalances in the nervous system when we take something like ashwagandha or any other type of adaptogen or nervine herb. Um, and the traditional, so back to like traditional Chinese medicine or like TCM, um, the use of ashwagandha includes supporting our adrenal glands, which I've talked about before, nervous system, stress, sleep, brain or cognitive function, um, mood and our immune system. So again, emphasizing that everything is connected. So even though we might be stressed and we want something to calm us down, we also need to make sure that we're supporting our immune system too, because our immune system is going to be depleted when we're under the state of chronic stress and adaptogens, um, or sorry, ashwagandha is, Typically, you can get ashwagandha from either a tea or you could take it in capsule form. Ashwagandha literally means horse smell, I believe. Horse, I believe it's horse smell. Um, I don't quote me on that. I have to double check. But um, it's because it has such a strong smell that some people don't like the smell of it. So if you're very sensitive to smells, I would encourage you to take more of a capsule form. But um, I, I think it's 
smells fine. I think it's just kind of, again, similar to like fennel tea, where it's more of your body just getting used to it and seeing the positive implications that it has on your wellness journey um, that, yeah, you can, you can combine either, or you could even do a tincture too. I've taken ashwagandha tincture before. Things like that. Catherine, did you find anything? By definition, ashwa means horse. Um, and what else does it say? I can look it up too. Um, yeah, yeah, horse smell. The smell of its root meaning like a horse. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, but that's probably one of like like a very common, well talked about, but not well understood herb that I find a lot of people ask me questions on or just kind of, I hear them talk about it. It's in a lot of your common stress support supplements or teas or things like that. And that's kind of the reason why. Um, but some other obscure or uncommon herbs if you're someone who experiences GI upset or digestive issues, I highly encourage focusing on bitters. So trying to incorporate bitters into your routine and the actual bitter taste of these herbs or greens helps stimulate digestion via a reflux in your taste buds. So these are things like angelica root, um, genetian, Oregon grape root, artichoke leaf, chamomile, which we know, dandelion root, which we've talked about, um, and dandelion leaf, golden seal, mugwort, turmeric, which we all know too, wormwood, and yellow duck root. And so all of those are more of your bitter herbs. There's other ones too. But those are just a few that I want to mention. Um, and then when appropriate, and we can talk about this later too, you can take five to 10 droplets of a bitter tincture before your meals, or eat a bitter green salad, which bitter greens are going to be in like kale, mustard greens, collards, broccoli raw, radicchio, endive, chicory, all those different things before eating a meal to stimulate digestion, stimulate that kind of reflux response. Arugula too. Arugula could be a, a bitter as well. Yeah. So like the the names like of, of many of those, like never heard of before. So like, where do people even find them? Great question. You, and I know this is a question later on, but you always want to make sure you talk to your healthcare provider or your primary care physician before starting any of these. Um, specifically, if you take a lot of it, there could be potential like contraindications with any medications that you're on and so on and so forth. But there are tons of apothecaries out there. You could just find like, you could Google local herbal apothecary and you could find the actual herb and you could create your own tea or you could buy teas, like more loose leaf teas, or you can get um, like the tea bag teas. I love the brand traditional medicinals. Um, that's one of my favorites. And so they have a lot of great just herbal based teas. Um, and then you can also get it in supplement form, like in the capsule form. However, when it comes to supplements, you want to be careful because not all of the supplements are triple checked. Um, and they are not FDA approved. So what's labeled on there 
may not actually be what's on there. Um, so you always want to be extra careful. You want to talk to somebody, talk to a professional um, and try to get the best quality supplement if that is the route that you're going on. But I'm always going to emphasize that food first approach, that food, like food or herb focus first to try to get it naturally. But I would say if you are looking for these kinds of things, just Google local apothecary and see if there's anything close to you. If not, try to use one of those teas, like the traditional medicinals or even yogi tea is good too. Has a lot of different herbal remedies. Yeah, I would probably start there. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to this um, with some contraindications that could happen. Sounds like you can overdo it. Absolutely. You can definitely overdo it. With anything, you know, you you want to just research. Research what's going to be good for you, especially if you're somebody who's on other medications. On your medications, there's usually a list of side effects and there's a reason why. And so when you add something else in that has medicinal properties, that could potentially lead to a side effect or could lead to something not working. Like I'm sure... You've heard of grapefruit not being indicated for a lot of people on certain medications. And that is very similar to like an herb um, where if you're on a specific medication and you eat grapefruit, for example, that could either make the medication not as potent or cause a potential side effect to occur. And so you just want to make sure you are talking to a professional. You are um, understanding what you're taking. You're doing your own research um, before you kind of go the the herbal remedy route. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like with anything, you can you can overdo it. So you want to see what works best for your body. See what you personally need, um, and don't be afraid to ask for support if you need it. I was, uh, before I got pregnant, I was taking an elixir that, uh, had all these different kinds of herbs in it. I don't remember what one's at this point. Um, but I was taking it because I had a really irregular cycle and I was trying to get regular to hopefully eventually try to get pregnant. And it was very specific, uh, of course, of like, how much you're supposed to take and how often you're supposed to take it, um, depending on if you are somebody with a regular cycle who's just trying to uh, maybe like diminish your cramps versus somebody that's trying to um, regulate their cycle. And like, I mean, that just goes to show how powerful it is. It's like, Mm -hmm. so, and this was, this was an FDA approved um, tincture uh, that it just goes to show how, specific it really has to be like just in the same way as if you're being told to take 20 milligrams of something and you take a hundred that's gonna cause a lot of problems (laughs) yeah so always looking a little bit deeper in it is going to be helpful Mm -hmm. yeah right right just because they're like herbs and plants doesn't mean like just wave them all in (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I think the biggest thing there to just mention is that there's different medicinal plants used and within each plant, there's like a different piece used. So like certain plants might use the seeds, certain plants might use the flower, certain plants might use the stem. 
certain roots may uh, certain plants may use the root all of that so they're they are kind of used interchangeably but it's really like the medicinal plant and then which piece of the plant is used for what medicinal property or what medicinal purpose yeah okay yeah but there are certain plants that like you can use multiple different pieces of it certain ones that you want to just use you know the seeds or just use the flower or just use the stem things like that so is there any one herb that anyone can benefit from it, se- it seems like what a lot of what you've talked about things get really specific so um but are there are there certain ones that just everybody should be incorporating so I, this was a hard one to answer because I don't think, again, going back to like individualized approach and like understanding your body and what you're taking and any contraindications and things like that, you always want to be extra careful. But in general, I kind of broke it down into four parts of like one specific thing that I think could be beneficial um, for digestive health, fennel tea, fennel seeds, fennel in general, huge. Um, You could juice fennel, you can put fennel in smoothies, you can drink fennel tea, you can use fennel seeds in your cooking, all of that. That's going to be super, super supportive for anybody listening that has digestive issues. Um, I love to drink the the fennel tea after dinner, um, the traditional medicinals. I really like that one. But that's just me personally, um, for adrenal support, which we already talked about, but definitely looking into ashwagandha, trying to see what you prefer. Do you like the tea? Do you like the tincture? Do you like the, um, capsule supplement again, always emphasizing to double check with your practitioner or, or professional or doing your own research to really understand what you're putting into your body because you're your own advocate. Um, Hormonal balance. I love chase tree. It's also called Vitex Berry. But with this one, you do want to be careful too. That was in it. Was that the one? (laughs) That was in it. Had a feeling. Um, Chase tree or Vitex Berry, again, just like Catherine was mentioning, you want to kind of understand your cycle a little bit more um, and how this could be beneficial for you. Some people benefit on taking it for a long period of time. And that's when you start to notice the difference. Like usually the minimum is like three months or so. Um, You still might start to notice a change, but to actually notice significant change, it could be three plus months. Um, And then some people may only take it, especially if you're regular leading up to your period. Um, So like when you first get your PMS symptoms. So it's definitely different person to person, but I would say chase tree is one that I would look into if you're someone that has hormone imbalance and trying to navigate just hormones in general, especially for women. And then the last one I kind of categorized was immune boosting. And this is going to be one of the adaptogens. So like adapting to stress in the body, which is going to um, affect our immune system, but cordyceps. So that is a adaptogenic fungi or adaptogenic mushroom um, that supports energy and healthy stamina and all of those things. So I would say looking into cordyceps or even just like adaptogenic mushrooms in general are really, really great for immune boosting properties. So like reishi, shiitake, turkey tail, all those different um, adaptogen mushrooms are great for immunity. 
I love that. And I love that you broke it down into those categories. That's super helpful. Oh, thank you. Well, is there any anything that we didn't ask you about or any other things that you think would be helpful to know about? Or I know it's such a big topic, but... It is such a big topic. And again, like I'm still at the beginning stages of learning all these things. So you can ask me all these questions in like a few months or next year. And I might have, I probably will, hopefully will have so much more information, um, which is exciting because you, you don't stop learning. Um, but my advice for you and also reiterate reiterating it to listen to it myself would be get out in nature like touch the soil touch the grass like feel the sun on your face don't be scared of the sun um you know all of those things obviously don't roast out in the sun but get get sun exposure all of that like that's very very healing for the body and it's gonna reconnect you with the earth which is a big, big piece of the puzzle when it comes to healing from, from the inside out. Love that. So that would be, that would be my piece of encouragement for the week, I guess. Mm-hmm. Get out of nature. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for everything that you've taught us today. I'm sure our listeners are you know, their ears are on fire right now with all of this. Information. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to this back and like, I know. Take notes. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you both so much for having me. Yeah. Where, where can our listeners um, find you if they're not already following you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, um, both purely rooted health. Um, I'm on there. Or you can find me through Revive on their website if you want to reach out. Um, and yeah, always happy to answer any questions that you guys have or talk more about herbs as I also embark on this journey. So happy to chat more. Awesome. And we'll definitely link your your um, handles in our like show notes and also maybe we can link the like um like to have a consultation to to maybe work with elizabeth we can link that too because i know you're such a great resource to so many of our existing clients and new clients so i want to make sure people know how they can potentially work with you too okay well thank you thank you so much um we always learn so much from you so thank you again for being here and um To our listeners, thank you also for being here. If you have kind of made it to this part of the episode, you must like what you're hearing. So make sure you are sharing this episode maybe with a friend. Maybe you have a friend that is talking about um, some of these things or uh, having some of these issues, um, whether it's um, with their uh, digestion or stress, like there, there might be tidbits in here to, to help a friend with as well. So share it, um, make sure you are reading, reviewing, subscribing, um, and following us, um, also on YouTube where we have awesome wellness content. You can see some great stuff from Elizabeth on there, um, as well as our bonus weekly podcast reactivity TV, where Catherine and I give our therapist takes on, Um, everything trending TV and movies. And you can follow us on Instagram at RevivCFW. You 
can follow Catherine at Catherine Van Eyck, me at Amy Albero LCSW. Check out our website, revivecfw.com, and send us emails to wishing you well at revivecfw.com. Until next time, we are wishing you well.